This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, June 5th, 2011. I am second my purpose. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we, we greet you this day. It's a day that you've made, a day for us to rejoice as we come into your presence, not only here, but wherever we are. And now, oh God, help us focus on you first, us second, and what that means. Help us set aside the agendas that we have planned for the rest of the day and just have this laser focus on you. We pray this in your most awesome and majestic name. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. So Stephen Baldwin on the video there, maybe, you, uh, maybe you've seen him in the movies or TV. I, I think he's done a lot of reality shows recently. Per, or perhaps maybe you're familiar with one of his brothers. Alec probably is the uh, more well-known, wide, uh, wider scene. Uh, or William or Daniel. There are four... Uh, 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 brothers there, all actors, the Baldwin brothers. Well, whether you've seen Stephen or his brothers, that's really not the point here this morning, because Stephen Baldwin, although he's pretty cute up there, isn't our focus today. I guess he's not my type, I don't know. <laughs> our focus this morning is not on Stephen but on Augusta. Augusta. You know, we're pretty sure nobody here has ever heard of Augusta. Anybody here heard of Augusta till this morning? Nope, probably not. Okay, good. And yet, Augusta is our focus because Augusta made a difference by knowing her purpose. Mm. So Stephen Baldwin and his wife, as we saw, thought that Augusta's purpose was to clean their house. And apparently she did do that. She cleaned the house, but she had a purpose that went far beyond scrubbed floors, vacuum carpets, and uh, disinfected toilets. Her purpose had much, much bigger implications. Her purpose had eternity stamped all over. Her purpose was Christ-centered. You know, I guess in a way she was cleaning house, uh, cleaning up the relationship that those people did or did not have with Jesus in that house at the time. And Stephen shared with us that she laughed when the Baldwins wondered if she had any other songs in her repertoire. She laughed because those songs had the same focus. Those songs were the focus of her purpose. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And even though she made her living working for the Baldwins, cleaning house, her purpose was to share Jesus. And she used that means. She used her job as a means to share her purpose. Mm -hmm. Part of our challenge here is that we tend to separate the secular from the sacred. Work is one thing. Spiritual matters are another. 
It, it hasn't always been that way. Rodney Christman, a legal professor at Liberty University School of Law, shares in his blog that the early Christian reformers like Martin Luther and John Calvin, for example, saw it very differently. He points out that Luther, in Luther's exposition of Psalm 128, Luther says this, he says, your work is, ver- is a very sacred matter. God delights in it, and through it, he wants to bestow his blessing on you. Christman shares that Calvin was, was just as committed, if not more so, to the view that all work, licit work, in other words, legal work, all that kind of work, all work, is worship when done in faith. Christman then goes on to say this. He says, if you want to discover your calling, reject the secular sacred distinction. And if you want to reject the secular sacred distinction, transform your view of work. Come to understand it as one of the primary and most important ways that you will worship God and make him known to the world around you. And that is exactly what Augusta did. She cleaned the home. She was their housekeeper, but that work was sacred to her. She used her work to worship God and to make him known to the world around her. Thus, her laughter when the Baldwins suggested that there were other songs that she might be singing. She knew that God was using her as his vehicle to share the good news of Jesus Christ. She knew that God was using her as housekeeper to, for a greater purpose. God was giving her an opportunity through her job to share the good news of Christ. But as we said before, this is generally not the case. More often than not, we tend to separate the sacred from the sacred. We put our work hat on at work, and we put our our, uh, our, uh, uh, spiritual hat on, like here at church, our Jesus hat on here at church. Um, Not all of us, not all the time, but many or most of us, much of the time. You see, our mission here at Connection Church, maybe you can say it with me, is to Connect Connect people people with with Jesus Jesus and the the life that he offers. Very good. And we work hard to do that here at church. Amen? Amen. I hope so. But there are a whole lot more people out there than there are in here. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. And, um, and, And they need connecting. In other words, we need to allow God to use the workplace as well as this place for connecting people, and not just the workplace, also the schoolyard, as well as your backyard, as well as the ball field, as well as the booster meeting, as well as the little league meeting, as well as the whatever you're involved in, we need to allow that to be uh, our opportunity to share Christ with the world. John Wesley was an evangelist. He was a preacher. He was the founder of Methodism, and he said this very well. There's a place in his journal where he wrote, I look upon the world as my parish. Some of us have heard that before. Thus far, I mean that in whatever part of it I am, I judge it meet, right? And my bounden duty to declare unto all that are willing to hear the glad tidings of salvation. Now, John Wesley lived in the 1700s, and they talked different back then. (laughs) But I think (laughs) that we all get the message. He's saying... The world 
is our parish. The world is our mission field. That was his mission field, and that indeed is our mission field as well. Wherever we are, whatever we do, we are to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. And that's what Jesus told the disciples to do after his resurrection, before he ascended to be with God the Father in heaven. We see it in each of the gospel stories. In Matthew, we have a special name for it. In fact, we call it the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Mark, it, it's worded a little different, but the same story, same message. Here's what he says. Jesus said to them, and say it with me, will you? Go, Go into, into all, all the world, world and, and preach, preach the, the good, good news to all, all creation. creation. So we've taken a look at Matthew and Mark. In the books of Luke and John, we also see Jesus giving similar words, giving marching orders to his disciples. And those words weren't just intended for them. Those words are intended for each one of us. We too are the disciples of Jesus Christ. We too are to share the good news throughout all the world. We too are to make disciples of all nations. This is really important stuff. In our brochure about Connection Church, we have um, core values, we have bedrock beliefs, and we have a to-do list. We have eight different scriptures that are action items that Jesus, we believe that Jesus is telling us as a congregation to do. And both the Matthew and the Mark passages are listed or quoted on that list. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus told us to go make disciples. He told us to preach the good news. And, you know, don't let that word preach scare you. It doesn't mean that you have to do what, like Carrie and I are doing here this morning, although it might. <laughs> it, it simply means to share the good news of Jesus with those around you, with those you come in contact with, with those uh, around, that you're going to have an opportunity to do that with. And that doesn't mean just here at church at work, at school, at home. Again, as Wesley said, the world is our parish. Now, Augusta took this quite seriously. She knew that God had given her this particular cleaning job for a reason, and the reason went far beyond cleaning. And so she was faithful. Even sharing with the Baldwins, with Mrs. Baldwin, what her purpose was, I wonder if she was a little bit like, should I or shouldn't I? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like she knew what she was supposed to do. What's your purpose? What is your God-given purpose? We all have one. Every single one of you has one. Because we all have gifts. We all have talents. And God has put a passion in each one of us to do something to build up God's kingdom here on earth. And we are called to use those gifts, those talents, 
coupled with our passion to do just that. And you know, it's funny, sometimes God might even be utilizing us even when we're not actively, consciously aware, when we're not even pursuing it. God might use us if we're faithful in ways that um, connect other people. I'll give you an example. I'm going to uh, use a story from my daughter, Erin, who's down here this morning, and I get permission. I always, I don't like to use my children as, you know, preacher story fodder unless they've given the okay. But, but Erin went to Temple University. She was uh, majoring in, in uh, um, a music uh, therapy. And at Temple, it's interesting because they're pretty tough. They expect you to be able to play. She was a percussionist. You had to have three different areas of percussion. Well, Erin had played mallets and she'd played other, but she'd never played like snare drum in high school. Uh, but they expected that. So she's uh, in school with all these other guys who have been playing snare for forever. So she's working very hard to, to learn snare drum along with everything else. And she had this one, well, we'll call him a professor. His name was Mr. Steele. We'll call him that because that was his name. Um, and... <laughs> And probably an appropriate name because some days he seemed to have a heart of steel because he would bring tears. Because he was so tough on Aaron and others. But especially because, you know, she, it, it was a challenge learning something that was so foreign at that time. And, and he was just merciless, merciless. I, I remember some of the phone calls. Uh, I, what I wanted to do... I couldn't because I'd be in jail now. But, but Plus Aaron, she was in college and it was time to Yeah, yeah, all that, but she's still my daughter. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, and the, the thing about Aaron, though, if, if you don't know Aaron, she, she would not be derailed and she wasn't going to let this guy get in her way. And, and she pursued and she did succeed. <sighs> Excuse me. What Aaron didn't realize at the time was how God was using her. And we realized that at graduation, we go back to the music building. She had some kind of an award to pick up. And we <laughs> see the illicit Mr. Steele. And, but it's not Mr. Steele. It's like an, a whole different person. And we come to find out, he, he, talk, he says something about Aaron being one of his angels. And we go, oh boy, that's interesting. And she thinks, she thinks it's because there were three girls in the program with all these guys. And it was like Charlie's angels, maybe. But we come to find out it's because Mr. Steele has come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. His wife, who had a church choir and everything, she was kind of there, but he, he wasn't. And in our conversation, we find out that it was through Aaron and others, but through Aaron, and she didn't even know what she did. Maybe, maybe it was just the way she hung in there and didn't you know, wasn't ignorant to him when he was ignorant to her. Or maybe, I can only imagine, maybe she sometimes said, I'll pray for you or something. I can only imagine, I don't know. And she didn't know, but through her actions or through what she did, through her Christ showing through her, Mr. Steele's heart no longer was a heart of steel. It's awesome, isn't it? Absolutely Awesome. You know, she thought she was there, and he thought she was there to learn a new instrument. Actually, God put her there to be instrumental in this man's conversion to a relationship to Jesus Christ. So who knows how God is using you? Well, God knows, and God has the plan. Are we going to partner with God in that plan? 
You may be surprised or you may never know how the conversations that you have, the things that you do, reflect a loving God to someone else without even speaking the name of Jesus, but it's just through your actions. People can see the difference. You can see the difference when you meet someone and there's just something about them and then you find out, oh, it's Jesus. Well, that's what God wants us to be, that light in the world. And so we have lots of opportunities wherever we are, whatever we do, whether it's in our home, whether it's in organizational meetings, whether it's at school, in our classes, we have really exciting opportunities that God has masterminded for us to plug into to share about him. Mm. And the cool thing is, God will not use any two of us in exactly the same way because the people you have access to are different than the people I have access to. The people you have access to are different than you and you and you. You know, the people listen going to listen to you or different people going to listen to you. And God has made each of us different from everybody else and given us particular opportunities and particular gifts and particular talents, uh, unlike anyone else. And God can and will use each of us in some unique way. And here's the kicker, though. If we allow it. If we allow it. If we're open to it. If we expect it. Just like God used Aaron to uh, reach some steel, and just like he used Augusta to reach the Baldwins through the cleaning of their house. Here's the really cool part of this story about Stephen Baldwin and Augusta. Augusta, through the cleaning of the home, probably didn't come in contact with a whole lot of people. I mean, she had somewhat of a limited sphere of influence where she could share Jesus. But in this case, she was sent to Stephen Baldwin's home, who has a huge sphere of influence, not tens or hundreds or thousands, but millions of people. So what Augusta poured into the Baldwin family, in effect, has a huge impact. Millions. God used her to share, used her to share the message of Jesus to millions. That is really cool. You know, what just struck me too, just think of all the students at Temple now that will get to see Christ through Mr. Steele, the way he is now. So what about you? What's your purpose? What has God put you where, why has God put you where God has put you with the talents and the resources that he's made available to you? We know it's not simply to take care of yourselves and your family, although that is important. But God is looking for more from each of us. We're called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We're called to connect people with Jesus and the life that he offers. That is our purpose. That is our mission. That is our calling. That is our vocation. Amen? How is God calling you to do that? Wherever you are. We aren't like holed up in our house and we never go out. 
We all go out. (laughs) We all do things. We all come in contact with people. How is God calling you to use your unique set of gifts and talents coupled with your passion to reflect Jesus Christ? Mm. We're reminded of of a passage that we find in the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament of the Bible, here's what Jeremiah says. So the word, the word of the Lord came to me saying, share it with me, will you? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. We love that passage. And we think that God said the same thing to each and every one of you. Before I formed you... In the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I'd set you apart. Now, maybe the next line, it might not be a prophet to the nations. There's all different things he set us apart for. But across the board, he set us apart to be proclaimers of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's across the board. Each of us created uniquely for that purpose, first and foremost. First and foremost. First is Jesus, and that means I am second. So what is your purpose? Well, first and foremost, your purpose, our purpose, is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? How do we even start? We need to ask. We need to spend some time with the Lord and just say, God, what is your plan? What is your plan for me today? What is your plan for me when I'm on my way to work, when I'm on my way to school, when I'm in my math class, when I'm working at the hospital, when I'm on the golf course? Lord, what is your plan for me now? God does have a plan for each one of us. And it might be just reflect. There's no just. It might be reflecting God, through words of encouragement, through a kindness or compassion for someone else. Many of you, I know, work or are surrounded by, in work situations or whatever, that are really, really tough. There may be a darkness, even, of where you are. Could it be that God is using you in that certain place at that certain time to just be a light wherever you are? In conversations that go south, God's using you to be a light. In situations that aren't godly, God's using you to be a light. What if we just prayed? Okay, God. Help me be your vehicle to share about you, either through my words or through my actions. Mm. Can, you, can you even begin to imagine what it would look like if, if each of us, and maybe some are already doing it, so, but if each of us from here on were to give God the opportunity to share his plan for us to be disciples at home, at, at, at school, in the workplace, in addition to here at church. If we were open to what God's true purpose was for our lives within the context of where we work, live, and play. Can you begin to imagine the possibilities when we say to God, Lord, 
You are first. I am second. Please open my eyes and my heart to how you want to use me for your kingdom and for your glory to share Jesus Christ with those whom I meet. Can you imagine what things are going to look like if we were to all open ourselves up to those possibilities? Pretty awesome, isn't it? Pretty awesome. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you for, um, for your word today. And um, our hope is that each of us will recognize that we are second, you're first. Please help us to recognize what our purpose is, uh, which is your purpose, is to uh, be kingdom-centered, to be Christ-centered in all that we do, to realize that even in the workplace, uh, earning a living is second, uh, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is always first. Homework and play, please help us to, to recognize that. Please open us to your spirit today as we look to you for that direction, for your glory, for your kingdom. In Christ, in the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. All Connection Church said. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.